everyone. Welcome to Print It and Ship It. I'm Chris from Madison, Wisconsin. And with me, of course, is the man from the land of a thousand lakes, the Adam to Adam's Apple Games, Adam. Adam, 30-second overview of this podcast. Go. First off, what's up, Chris? Um, stoked. Uh, so for, for me, anything worth doing, uh, any, any, anything that makes you nervous is worth doing. Uh, for me, lately, what gets my blood pumping is designing and publishing board games, uh, especially the final nitty-gritty decisions that bring to life a product. So hence the name, print it and ship it. Started out by self-publishing a game called Bruin USA, founded a publishing company, Adam's Apple Games, and the rest is history. Chris has been there uh, the entire way. Um, why not learn from somebody else's mistake uh, and learn or and successes in your journey to becoming a board game designer, self-publisher, or even a publisher yourself? Nice. I think that was a good 28 seconds. So we're under the bar. Nice. Um, yeah. So before we get too far into it, let's just kind of do some intros um, and just kind of talk about our gaming background. Adam, um, tell me about, well, I already know, but tell everyone else about your gaming history. Sure. Um, uh, let's see. Christmas, parents give you the SNES or NES and, uh, you know, video games, video games, video games, put a lot of uh, vids growing up, um, a lot of JRPGs, a lot of sports games, um, transition into board games uh, in my adult life and have just fallen in love with them. Um, started designing board games maybe five, four, five, six years ago, something like that. And it really uh, put a lot of time and energy and effort into the board game space. Um, but I still have a passion for digital games. And so it's a really cool hybrid um, you know, background and experience. Yeah, I think um, one really interesting thing about this podcast is that um, we both kind of obviously grew up in that digital playing NES, Super Nintendo and stuff. But um, both made that transition to board games. I, I kind of switched over in high school, but I think that's um, one of the things that we really bring to this space is that we have um, uh, a cross play. Well, and, and in actuality, a lot of our ideas that we come up with or talk through are while playing other video games. And we just hop on a computer and just start talking through ideas, which is um, pretty interesting. Yeah. Well, so who are you in real life, Chris? Oh, yeah. So who am I? Um, I am um, a family man, a guy who works, yeah. a guy who plays games. Um, I have a wife and kid. I'm just a guy who works in IT um, and who just kind of has a passion for solving problems and trying to make things better. Um, and for Adam's Apple Games, I work um, closely with like kind of design and um, like board game design itself and then just kind of like trying to... T- push decision points as well as like art design. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're kind of like the, the key piece of feedback that I need. Uh, and then that we, we work together, you know, closely every step of the way. It's like, I got to see what Chris thinks before I, I, I pull a, pull a trigger on something. Yeah. Um, the, the name printed and ship it is, um, uh, kind of coined from when we have a really good idea, we immediately, uh, well, I won't say yell print it, but just type out print it very quickly <laughs> with an exclamation point. Like it's gotta work, right? You don't need to play <laughs> test this, it, right? Not, yeah, this is going to work. Well, she's doing it. Joke, but. Yeah, no, there's yeah, a ton of that, stuff that goes into it, but I mean, if you, you know, you, you gotta, at some point you gotta print it, you have to ship it. And so these are really, really important steps in the process to becoming a designer and a publisher. Yeah, it's kind of funny because actually when you say like print it, like that can be kind of taken many ways. Like I feel nowadays, like since it's so easy to prototype, it's just like, hey, like this is so like there's ideas that you have that are like you can just work through the thought process and be like, oh, this is horrible or um, this is good. But it's you don't know if it's really good until it's actually printed out and like 
moved around on a table and like moved in action. Yeah. How many times in, you know, in, in your mind, something is like perfection, it's elegant. And then you get it on the table and you're like, wah, wah, not fun. Yeah. I cannot wait for future episodes where we go through some of our blunder ideas. Uh, we've had a couple ideas that are just like, there's no way that this doesn't work. Yeah, this is the best idea we've ever had. And then we tried yeah. not fun. <laughs> yeah, you got to try a ton of things. Um, so for me in real life, uh, I, I'm a, uh, I'm a family man as well. I'm married, don't have any kids, um, but I have, uh, we have three dogs. So we're, they call me the dog father. So if you hear the dogs running, you know, in and out of the room, I apologize for that. I'll try to get a door. Um, make it soundproof, yada, 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 but there will be some barking. So we got Gus, we got a banjo, and we got Annie. Um, big, a middle, and a little. So I um, uh, work as a packaging engineer in the Twin Cities. Uh, so every day I think about boxes. And so what do I do when I come home? I make boxes with fun stuff in them. And then... Yeah, actually, that's one of the coolest parts about... Um our company is that since Adam has this background in um, cardboard, he ha- he has a lot of knowledge of three millimeter versus two and a half millimeter and all the fun stuff that I don't care about very much. I, <laughs> and, but it's uh, it's a really like amazing knowledge set. Well, and I, I think, you know, it's a little bit of an advantage to be perfectly honest because I know, I know what questions to ask pretty quick. And, and um, I, you know, I think if you, if you listen in to like, you're going to, you're going to take some of that knowledge with you and take to the bank and, know what kind of questions to be asking your manufacturer along the way or your publisher or, you know, a designer either way. So, um, but then also, so then the, the last part is Adam's Apple games. So um, Adam's Apple games is not a full-time gig for me yet. Uh, I do hope to be there at some point um, in the future. And so uh, there, there's a roadmap to get there in the future, but for now it is, it is a, um, it is a very serious hobby that I'm trying to turn into Passion a project. Uh, into a full-time gig. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, no one, not a lot of people um, get into board games to say, man, I'm going to make it rich. A lot of people are just doing it to make cool stuff. Yeah, right? You know, that has never been the reason it, it's a, it is, it is a, it's a, it's a labor of love. I mean, I love seeing systems work. I love um, pushing the boundaries. And, you know, I think one really interesting thing too, is um, we, we look at games uh, in a really interesting way. We, we look at like what could work in the market. Uh, a lot of times, not just what's a fun theme, what's a fun mechanic, but also where's the hole in the market and why do we think that this could be a, a really impactful um, product to make? Yeah, it's kind of more of a, like a holistic approach. I think, I mean, obviously people have very different approaches to game design. Even between us, we have very different ideas sometimes, but like it's a lot of stepping back and saying like, hey, how does this work in um, the big picture? Yes, you can make a game like a really cool mechanic, but then you need a good theme that's going to land. You need so on and so forth. And, and maybe just um, a real before- uh, quick second on Adam's Apple Games too. Um, so Adam's Apple Games started as kind of an Americana um, themed board game publishing company, a beer game, a food truck game, have transitioned now into um, a sword building game as well. So starting to broaden our horizons in terms of the types of games that we make. Um the the mechanical or, or like the genres of games you, i guess i would say we have one that's a a, a light or to middleweight euro um one that is kind of a um, light take that uh large larger group game and then also um like uh i cut you choose two to five player light strategy abstract so um yeah 
kind of all over the board and we, we make products that we like. And so that is going to be something that's going to be core to our vision all the time. Like it's not always going to follow the, a, a, a general yeah, trend, sure. um, and I guess, um, but it's going to be something we love. One thing about this podcast is we're also trying to make it um, very condensed. So we're going to, we're, we're shooting for a tight 30. Um, yeah. So in, in, in previous episodes, things we've done we've kind of gone on but i think we can offer a lot of really good information very quickly to kind of help people um as well as just kind of talk about cool stuff so i guess before we get too far down the hey what is this podcast about like let's just kind of talk about some games we've been playing what you've been playing so first off one of the reasons we we love um to talk on podcasts is because we love to talk about games in general and so why not document that um so two games we've been playing um first one is a digital game on steam uh rabbit hole about three three hours three or four hours last night called west dorado um, oh man, is that the Zelda type game? The Western yeah, Zelda? Yeah, a little bit. So you you, you essentially you yeah. wake up in this world, this Western world. Pixel art is freaking awesome, and your family uh, has died, and your your ranch has burned down. You need to figure out who did it, and you're basically the standard Western, standard story. Western story. But you, well, it's so cool because the the game is about it's got some shooter and like um, Zelda style um, movement and stuff like that, but. Um, yeah, it's so interesting because it's about talking to people and figuring out what's the next quest. Where do I need to go on the map? Um, a lot of exploration, um, a lot of traps, and kind of you know devious dudes that you got to watch out for. But man, totally recommend it. I'm looking forward to playing more of it. Um, second one is Las Vegas. Las Vegas is a dice chucker. Um, two to I think two to six players, but you can really easily play it up to eight or more. And uh, you're essentially just rolling dice, and it's kind of Yahtzee style mechanic. You place all of the not sorry, not Yahtzee, but you place all of one number. So if you roll like uh, two fours, two fives, and one six, you could place all of your two fours, all of your two fives, or your one six, and then you place it out to a casino. So the, there's the casinos are labeled one to six, yeah, naturally, and the casinos have different money values on them. Now the player at the end of the round with the most dice on that casino wins the money, and uh, the player with the second most wins the second highest. Nope, at that casino. Now, if you tie, you lock out and nobody wins the money or it would go to the player that is um, beneath you in terms of like uh, number of dice on. So it's a really, really cool um, interesting mechanic that has a really scaling attention. And uh, it's like, it's just fun gambling. But it means a board game, right? But it feels like it's <laughs> hence, hence Las like Vegas. Gambling, hence the Las Vegas. Yeah. Is it, uh, and he says two to eight, six, up to you eight. just add eight, eight new dice of a different color. You can easily go to eight and it, man, it is two yeah. to six is a pretty, pretty big span. I mean, and have you, you guys typically played um, two so, players? So or? I like it, uh, best at four plus, but it actually is not too bad with two and three. Yeah. It's not too bad. It actually adds some dummy dice in, but the dummy dice work in a really, really clever and smart way. Something I actually want to implement potentially in the future. If we have a dice game that needs to go down to two players that, gets weird at two so yeah not to get too far back into the board game design side of this but i have a theory that um and i i i'm hoping i mean this is not true to all games but most games that are not made for two players aren't as good as two player games i mean obviously there are some exceptions to that rule um but yeah, I kind of have this idea like, oh, you know, if it says it's a two to four, I mean, two to five or two to four, it's probably best with three for sure, or four. For sure, for sure. So so what have you been playing, man? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so last night we played a game of Wasteland Express, which is a beautiful Mad Max-esque art style, um, which is, I mean, the game is pretty, well, I don't want to say it's pretty simple because there's a lot of components and it has the most beautiful box storage in the, <laughs> in the world, but um, it, 
is a pickup and delivery type game. So like you're in the wasteland and you have to go buy some water and go sell it at the, this other place for more money. And um, you just have various objectives to the games. Like first person gets $75 or, or credits or whatever they're called in the game. And um, it just has this beautiful aesthetic. It, it's kind of funny because um, the game we were playing, one person commented, it's like, oh, man, you're kind of just playing solitaire, doing your own thing, huh? And um, another person thought like that was like, really interesting and it was kind of funny to be at a table with like one person like man we're just not interacting very much here but then another person thinking that like the end goal was a big enough sure, interaction yeah. so well, it's kind of a different interaction tolerances and depends what you do yeah 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 perception it's a lot of per- like different people's i think one thing that's on really games. clever about wasteland express is that they were able to take a pickup and deliver theme um and plant it in such a cool uh like like a world like a Mad Max world, so I just I wouldn't I wouldn't have came yeah, to there yeah. you know that as a conclusion for like hey this is a great board game to make um, but but once you see it and hear it and you're like oh that's pretty clever well it's really funny because um, I was talking through with um, one of my friends a idea of for a Mad Max esque yep. game and it was not pick up and delivery it was more of like a, a racer type game almost and it's like. When we saw that game, we're like, oh man, Done it. they did yeah. it. They nailed it. Like, yeah, they did such a good job with it. Um, and then the other game I've been playing, I mean, I've played once, one time right now, and I super want to get to the table again is um, okay. Downforce. Um, this It's a game by Restoration Games. So it's actually a relatively old game. On the back of the box, it says it's like a 40 year old game, but it's one of those things where it's like, oh, this is a take on it. So there's been like modifications on it since then. So um, it's really interesting it's it's a a game in which you are you are buying cars to participate in a race and then in that race you will um obviously attempt to win and if your car wins you're going to make more money or depending how your car places you're going to make more money but the interesting thing about it is that the movement is based off a series of cards and everyone has uh, a set of these cards but on your turn when you play a card it moves all of the car or many cars so it's not going to move just your car so a little bit of organized chaos so the yeah. So the interesting thing about it is that as you start racing, um, you place bets at three different checkpoints so you can bet on cars for who's going to win the race. And um, what's interesting about it is that even though like in most racing games, obviously your goal is to win the race or do the like try to get first in the race in this game you kind of are since you have this betting mechanic you can bet on other cars to finish and win the game by not winning the race so you can have whoever has the most money at the end of the game wins so it's kind of like oh if i bought in the game that we played i bought three cars and the amount you spend on your cars goes against your winning total so i bought three cars i won the race i bid on i bet on myself the whole <laughs> way enough. through but since <laughs> since i spent all my money i mean spent all this extra money on cars like that counted against me one one of my cars won and then my other two sure, so like sunk sunken costs so, or bad investments yeah but what was interesting well, what's really interesting about the game is that since you bet on which car is going to win at different points like right one third of the way through the race you're going to bet on someone wins so since i got ahead right away people were bidding on me i mean betting on me and then what what the uh, made people do is towards the end of the game to help me win the race so yeah it's kind of this like mechanic that's kind of um anti 
like playing like you, you're playing against like your own interests, but sure. for your own interests, which is cool. Kind of a cool mechanic. Well, I have to give that a try. I have not played that, but I've been looking at the stuff restoration games have been doing, and they have they found a, a cool niche in the market, and so uh, I will definitely try it. Yeah, I highly recommend cool. people checking out that game. So, well, should we should we move on to our feature segment? Yeah, yeah. So our um, feature segment for our pilot episode here is to kind of just t- talk through. Why we should, why should another board game podcast? Yeah, it's a, it's a very good question. There's quite a few of them out there. Um, and, you know, it's it's a crowded space. But I mean, podcasts in general are a crowded space, right? Like the other piece of information that's really interesting is we have done a board game podcast in the past. We took a crack at it. We uh, we we um, we spread our word, uh, you know, on, on the, on the audio tubes. And we got some friends and family to listen. We started to try to market it a little bit and, uh, man, it is, it's, it, it's a tough space. And if, especially when you got high expectations too. So, so yeah, one of the interesting things about that podcast for sure was that we, it was just more of a, Hey, let's just talk about games podcasts versus, um, this podcast where we are, want to bring in the business side of our lives. Cause I mean, AAG is a thing that we talk about. I'm sorry, Adam's Apple yep. games, AAG short in short is a thing that we talk about, um, a lot. And it, it was kind of interesting that we kind of left that off. Yeah, of the we left it off. Podcast. And I think we realized that that was a big miss because that's, that's a, it's a, again, huge part of who we are. We, we probably talk more than 50% about games, about Adam's Apple games we talk about a lot of other stuff too, yeah. but like that, yeah. it's a big part of it. So we were almost working hard to try to find a market that was not authentic to who we are and what we were doing. And, and I think, um, you know, like we just want to be, uh, we just want to be ourselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like one of those things where, I mean, if 50% of our conversations are about something that we just completely ignore, from a podcast it's like oh you know like why not yeah, throw and, that in you know i mean there were strategic reasons you know one way or the other for like that that approach but um i think this approach is is you know is is going to have a have a better strategy so let's i mean this is kind of an evergreen question i mean you you can be a board game podcast you can be any any kind of podcast coming out but you're always going to ask yourself should we make a podcast does this deserve a place in the market um will people listen to us so I think the first time uh, we're, we're just hashing this out I and mean, we, we haven't really had this conversation. We're obviously doing this podcast. So um, we have uh, we have chatted about this, but um, let's go through some pros and cons. I think that's a great way to break down um, any decision that you make. And you can use the information that we talk about to help make your decision, too. Yeah, I think um, one interesting I mean, I, this kind of goes into both columns for me, um, obviously, being um, a dad and um working like there are other competing priorities uh, in my life so <laughs> yeah so it's one of those things where um i mean obviously a podcast is really great because and a tight 30 podcast is really great because um, it makes it um something that we can kind of knock out quickly we can kind of but at the same time get um a lot of creative ideas out there without a lot of additional production like something like like running a twitch stream or youtube um actually i mean obviously adding video component just ups the required amount of um time that you have to put i think in. one thing i've learned over the years has been if you're going to do something you have to love it otherwise it's not going to do well or it's not going to fulfill you or you know you need to be passionate about it before you make something and so there's a bunch of other content strategies that people can make um 
I, I'm not passionate about Twitch streaming. I'm not passionate about YouTube channel, you know, hosting YouTube videos. Um, I, I know all these things are mm-hmm. important and ways to, you know, reach a new audience, but if you're not passionate about it, you're not going to, you're not going to be good at it and you're not going to be consistent at it. Facebook is a kind of the same way. Like I, I want to get better at it, but again, I'm not, I'm not an expert at it and, and blogging too. Like I, you know, I think there's value in it. Um, especially if you are consistent and repeatable, man, but man, you got to love it. And so thing I always kept coming back to is, Hey, the gamers with wives podcast that we were running in the past, it was fun. It was, yeah, it was, it was cool to talk to about. And it was, it was an enjoyment of the week, you know? And yeah. So like, let's get that back together, but let's do it in a way that's going to be more strategic and uh, better for, yeah. better for add more value to the market. I think that's a big piece too. So pro and con, like, can I add value to the market? If not, that's a big con. If yes, that's a big pro. Yeah, I think for me, um, is it fun to do is a huge thing. And um, designing and talking through and arguing. And, oh, we like to argue. Um, kind of just putting, <laughs> yeah, we do argue, put ideas out there of like board games is fun. So it's kind of like, why not just bring those um, conversations and decisions and like how we came to a decision into a forum that may be yeah. helpful to other people. Um, costs is always a thing, you know, when you're going to make a podcast. So um, hosting costs are not terrible, um, you know, but there is, there is like, a, you know, I think, I think the biggest thing you think about is always like kind of the workload and commitment to, to being consistent, con, uh, publishing content that's value added um, over time. And, and like, that that very much outweighs the cost of dollars, right? And then people have like host uh, um, and sponsors and stuff like that. But for us, it's like um, let's let's make sure that we're on board with the workload and commitment before you know, we, we 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 care about the cost here. So yeah, and I think one interesting thing is that we are kind of doing a um, a podcast about our process and like kind of behind the scenes, and um, I think just kind of making a podcast that may help another person make a really awesome game that I can play is um, something that's really interesting to me. Like the idea that if we can like say, Hey, this is how we approach this, or this is how a good question you should be asking your manufacturer, things like that down the line um, that helping another person get a product or a thing out into the world is um, really interesting. Yeah. Uh, I think again, you know, pros and cons back to that. Um, I think reaching, reaching more audience and honestly having a, 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 another outlet to connect with designers. So as a small and growing publisher, um, you know, I, I haven't been forceful on taking, uh, prototypes on the website. Um, I haven't like pushed that a lot. And so, um, I think this is just another way to get, get our name out there. I do like seeing sell sheets come through and I, and I do always, you know, um, if, if the sell sheet is well done, we'll consider uh, and take a look at it and see if it fits the brand and see if, it, if there's a, a place in the portfolio for the, this this idea, this this vision. But um, I think, yeah, just getting more exposure to the right audience, I think, is, is a is a big purpose and pro here. Um, con? Is there any con, yeah, there any con with that? Um, oh, no, I, I think a big part of that is really just like... Um, getting access giving access to we want we want to say hey we are a publisher and we want to communicate and have conversations with people who are designers and that could be as simple as 
hey, we, we want to tweet a question at you or we want to email you guys um, a question. Or it could be, hey, here's a game I have. What do you yeah. guys think? Check this out. And um, kind of just look at the a whole publisher the with an open, whole more so an open door than, you know, a lot of other, um, you know, barriers that you might see in the industry. I mean, it, it's got to be frustrating out there. So I, I went the self, self-publishing route. I didn't really even ask about other publishers, but I, I imagine mm-hmm. it's got to be frustrating because so many games coming out, so many new game designers coming into the space. There's a lot of, um, I mean, I mean, it's continuing to grow, which is cool, but there's also a lot more competition in there. And like, even on sell sheets these days, like the, the, the pitch, the sell sheet has got to be on, on point. Otherwise people are not going to look at it. They're not going to want to play the game or request a prototype or, I mean, even play testers. Like when I sit down with play testers, it's like, all right, what am I going to play here today? And, you know, I have a pretty good rapport now where people expect something decent, even on the first play. Um, but it wasn't always that way. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, I mean, realistically, if someone sends something in, it's garbage. We'll say it's garbage, but we'll offer you helpful maybe ideas on it, not garbage. Or do so. We're, we're going to focus on what, what was done well, but also what can be improved. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, realistically, um, I, I like to joke and say stuff like that because I will tell Adam if I think yep, something is true. garbage, pretty plainly. <laughs> I, I. At one point, I, one of our friends said, um, told me I was like a Simon Cowell of board games, and that kind of bummed me out for a second. So I'm like, okay, I need to be a little nicer. But realistically, I think um, like just kind of communicating with people who are you know doing the same thing that we are or want to and trying to um, build a really yeah, good Yeah, I think community networking is a big piece. So if, if you're looking for an opportunity to network, I mean, that, that's a great... This is a great opportunity. We're looking, we're looking for more opportunities to network and, and kind of, you know, spread about who we are, but, but also, I mean, potentially, I mean, give, giving other people, um, you know, a few minutes to, to be on, to be on and chat as well about their ideas. So, um, so we, we're at the 28, almost 28 minute mark. So we should, we should continue to push forward. So we're talking about why is this podcast unique? I think that's one of the biggest reasons, um, when the biggest things you need to nail down when you're deciding whether or not you want to make a podcast. So what else do we got here? So, um, for me, I think being a digital and board gamer hybrid background, so that's kind of where both where we're coming from. I mean, I fit into the. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not afraid to say it. I fit into the millennial bucket. Blah blah blah. You know, insert slander here. I should <laughs> okay. not acknowledge that. Um, yeah, I don't necessarily. I, don't I mean, it that. is what it is, right? Like, grew up playing digital and now back into board games and so like that is a perspective that not everyone's going to have but some people might relate with so i think that's potentially unique um go to chris what what do you have for me what's unique yeah i think um i mean i kind of gonna steal the same thing you just said um having the background of saying hey we are people who play a lot of video games but we are also people who play a lot of board games so um a lot of our ideas and views on things are going to cross those realms so just kind of being able to get a perspective of um it's kind of funny because like a lot of the thoughts that we have it's like oh if it works really well in this space why doesn't it work in this space so just kind of trying to figure out um those different things that might help push um design and i think one of the reasons that I think this podcast may be worth listening to you, um, people out there, is um, 
like I said, access. We want we want to kind of go through like what our process is and kind of give you that behind the scenes look of like, hey, here's <laughs> a really stupid idea, or oh my god, here's a really great idea. And it's really funny how many of our conversations start with, I know this is a dumb idea, but let's just say it and yeah, I mean, there's, work, there's, work from this. You, you hear about the yes and. Um, we, we don't necessarily work in the yes and. We we, we, we maybe under like the devil's like advocate point, end. but like. We, we, <laughs> have interesting um, conversations and back and forth with our decisions. And so I think there is value to be taken from hearing those view differing viewpoints and, um, you know, seeing where we net out and and seeing if it works or not too. Yeah. So I think um, we're rolling on that 30 minute mark. So I think at this point, we're really just going to um, get some channels set up for people to communicate and um, get those lines of communication going that we discussed. Um, And we'll get those up by our next episode to have those shared. And um, we really hope. So stay tuned. Um, Where can you reach us? Uh, I'm at at Adam's Apple Games. That's a Twitter account. So feel free to shoot us there uh, or reach out there. Don't shoot us. AdamsAppleGames.com is the website. We're on Facebook as well. Um, we'll get back to you on all of those. And we're going to, again, create some really cool, unique um, uh, podcast segments where potentially we, we have more opportunity to connect and share and and even get other people on the cast as well. So, Yeah, one really interesting thing that um, we've discussed is kind of doing almost like a post-mortem on um, our most recent game, Sword Crafters, and just going like, hey – all these decisions or why would like, why do we do this or why do we do that? Or how do we land on this type of cardboard? Yep, the, it's going to be a balance. Fun, I think of kind of some, some long living topics, like why should we make a podcast? Um, but then also what are we doing now? What are we play, play testing now? Um, and Hey, I mean, you get an opportunity to get early access view of what, what's going on behind the scenes at Adam's Apple games, um, potentially even, um, you know, make some suggestions that make it into the game. We're, we're big on that. We've done that a, a lot on our Kickstarters. We, we literally take things people say and put them into the game, probably more so than any other publisher. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> That's a blanket generic statement. Don't don't well, take I mean, that one. <laughs> in, in, the grand, in the grand scale of, yeah, I mean, if you were to compare like 10, a random no, we, sample. We have zero data to back that one up, but you know. I'm going to say that we are all about um, the feedback and listening to taking feedback and um, implementing feedback. I mean, we're not going to listen to everything, but um, we definitely are receptive and we want to, we want to connect. I think is a big thing. Well, the thing is we, we're, we'll probably listen right. to everything. Right. We're not going to implement everything. That's for sure. Got it. <laughs> cool. Awesome, well, man. How do we end the, how do we end the uh, podcast? Do you have any ideas? Oh man, um, typically we just yell check them and hang up, but yeah. check them. All right, thanks everyone. Check them. <laughs>